Hello, Assalamualaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And I'm back with a little more news. As you know, uh, I think I mentioned it in my last episode. Sami Ibrahim was released and it was confirmed that he was in the hospital, which means he is getting medical attention after being tortured by the intelligence agencies that kidnapped him in the first place. And Imran Riaz Khan, who was kidnapped uh, over a week ago, and the IG police was, you know, creating um, scripts, really. God knows who wrote those scripts for him because there was absolute bad writing there. As one of the journalists dared comment, it seemed he was um, spinning tales under inspiration from Ikta Kapoor. And as we know, Ikta Kapoor owns a production house that creates the most awful soap operas in India. But she's, but they are strangely very famous. Um, but they are awful, really awful. All the cliches and all the bad twists that you can think about, you'll find them in her dramas. And so the utter ridiculousness of her scripts could be seen in his narration every time he went to the court, spinning tales. First, he said that um, he doesn't know where. First, as if you remember, as I told you before first he said in court that he would ask the intelligence bureau to find out where exactly they had taken Imran Riaz Khan and then the next then the, when the court gave him um, another day um, and the court was like okay we will uh, get together tomorrow and you need to tell us his status the next day he went to court and he said oh he he just went he's he went into hiding himself how can we produce somebody who went into hiding himself and the court was like do you even know what you're saying to us right now? First, you basically admitted that he was taken by you. And then from your police station, he was taken by unknown personnel, which according to you had something to do with the intelligence bureau. And now when you said that you would confirm with the intelligence agencies where exactly he is and which, inter which intelligence agency had taken him. Now today you're coming spinning this ridiculous tale about him having been in hiding on his own. And that's why you cannot produce him. The court was so angry that the court ordered him to produce Imran Riaz Khan at all costs, no matter what. Then he spinned another tale in the next um, hearing where he said that uh, uh, we have seen some um, incoming and outgoing calls from Afghanistan and so, but we cannot trace uh, anybody in Afghanistan. So we have no, so again, um, very self-conflicting. At one point, you're saying that you traced calls coming in and going out from Afghanistan um, and that you think that this was Imran Riaz Khan making those calls. And then on the other hand, you're saying that you do not have the capacity to trace calls and to trace a person in Afghanistan. What exactly are you trying to say here? And then later on, they decided to say that, oh, he's gone on tourism. Oh, yeah. So, right. A person who was actually going to Oman decided to suddenly detour to Afghanistan seriously you expect us to believe that height of ridiculousness and then on the other side uh, when the court got extremely angry and things were going out of hand because Imran Khan who has always been a, a human rights activist as well uh, throughout his um, basically you can say throughout his life really for the past 25 to 27 years he has been working on human rights and he has been working on 
the rights of um, illegal detainees both in and out of Pakistan. And this has always been his priority. So as usual, he was the one who kept making all that noise. Um, plus, because the journalists are censored in mainstream media, they cannot make any noise. So because of that, um, with the social media, the public making a lot of noise, Man Khan making a lot of noise, which forced the journalists and the MPs abroad to sit up and take notice as to these uh, forced disappearances. Um, because of that, now Sami Ibrahim got released and he's in the hospital and uh, Imran Riaz Khan has also been confirmed to have been freed after having been kidnapped. What is his current status? Nobody knows as such properly. He probably is also in hospital. And remember that these journalists are being kidnapped because these are the only journalists that could not be bought. So the owners of the mainstream media that were bought, the journalists that were bought, they are you know, surviving as long as they give the news that is palatable to the illegal government and the establishment. But those who refuse to be bought, those who refuse to sell themselves out, those who are real, true professional journalists, they are being kidnapped or killed, as we know. On the other hand, if you remember, Khadija Shah is right now uh, one of our most, um, and, and mind you, she is one of the allegedly 11 women that they've kept. And the reason I'm saying alleged is because actually there are more than 11 women kept in undisclosed locations in Lahore uh, in, by the Punjab police. And uh, they are being kept in male prisons where there are no females and only when you find out about certain of them and make a lot of noise then they get escorted to a female prison but not before they have been sexually molested or actually raped in fact one of the women that were earlier uh, released earlier as in if you remember the first time this uh, people made a lot of no a lot of noise was when they had captured and dragged uh, the women from the peaceful protests and uh, they managed to release two of them. I'm naming no names. And when those two women were released, uh, Dr. Yasmin uh, had also mentioned when she was released that um, that they were not just being tortured; they were actually being raped. And this is how it. This is how actually the news came out. And so when those two ladies or girls, I should say, because they were quite young, when they were released. Um, and they had to take medical attention. Um, the doctors uh, confirmed that there were bite marks found all over their bodies. Now, bite marks found all over their bodies. What were the men doing? I mean, are, are these are these men who, according now, uh, there's another news that is coming out is that these men who are actually involved in the rapes are not exactly policemen but they are those same unidentified men that you saw um during the kidnapping of uh sami ibrahim and during the kidnapping of uh and killing of arshad uh, sharif and during the kidnapping of uh imran riaz khan and these are the same people who you see weirdly moving around in plain clothes whenever an arrest, an illegal arrest is being made uh, against, uh, uh, I mean, on any PTI member. And and uh, what is even weirder is that these plain clothes people are seen uh, moving freely in and out of the police station. Uh, in what capacity are they moving in and out? 
and these are the same again people who have been identified as the actual arsonists outside of the core commander's house and ghq and by the way talking about arsonists and about violence i think mariam nawaz has forgotten the days when they uh, actually attacked nab office or when they attacked the supreme court or when they attacked the high court um, and this was when nawaz sharif and jabar sharif uh, attacked the courts but then recently uh, just just like recently like bef- just before pdm took power mariam nawaz and her goons they went and attacked nab's office now why didn't anybody put a case against mariam nawaz and her people of terrorism or of attacking state institution very 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 strange and another thing that we need to understand is that as i've said before pmln has been involved in a lot of rape cases directly or indirectly a full majority of the members of nawaz sharif's P- uh, political party are criminals that have been involved in child pornography uh, that they have been involved in drugs rana sanawla was involved in drugs and he was arrested by the anti narcotics uh, team as well and then um we know that people's party's members have been heavily involved uh, especially zardari himself personally they have been involved in murders in drug trafficking in sex trafficking and in human trafficking uh, both in punjab and in sindh uh in punjab rana sanawla was the a uh, person involved with drug smuggling and uh, the, the uh, and obviously at the top is always nawaz sharif remember that you need to remember that these people are always working for their leaders and on the other hand we have uh, other people uh, we have rana sanawla involved in rape cases we have the sons of uh, these ministers who belong to nawaz sharif's party we have the ministers themselves involved in sexual violence and rape cases gang rapes and every single time rana sanala would come and do a press conference and say that this was mutual like we are white and so uh khatija shah um was again another the latest victim of a rape case uh, you could say rape or you can call it anything because at the end of the day the way they treated her as as you remember i said this could not just be a stomach ache where she uh, is basically uh passed out semi conscious she can't hear she can't speak she can't move she can't really communicate and that is because actually now they she was supposed to be produced in court the the the, the obviously the court was angry at her detainment and at the rumors and the court had said that she should be produced in court and now the that is why the police were now in a in a panic mode and they decided that they should hide her away so they claimed that she had stomach ache and that that is why she was unable to come but the truth that came out was that they had to keep her for 72 hours so that uh the evidence on her body of the torture and the rape that she had gone through should be diminished or even eliminated to a large extent so that it cannot be noticeable because if they produced her in court uh the day she was supposed to be produced um it would have been exposed 
so they have hidden her and they have kept her uh, you know in and they have refused to produce the medical exam remember they refused to produce the medical examination of almost every single person that they have arrested or kidnapped uh, and that includes Imran Khan if you remember first they refused to produce a medical report and then they produced a really really highly ridiculous report where they said that his liver his heart his lungs his spleen everything is in perfect condition but his urine has cocaine and alcohol seriously you do realize the impact of what you just said on paper the only way you can have drugs and alcohol in your urine is if your whole body has been drenched in these substances for a long time to the point that because the point they were trying to make is that he is an alcoholic and he is an addict and the amount of alcohol and uh, drugs that they claimed had come from his urine according to them it was not found in his liver it was not found in his spleen it was not found in any other organ of his body but it was found not even in his hair it wasn't even found on his skin or his hair but it was found in his urine seriously so that also created a you know a huge wave of discontent amongst the public and amongst other doctors that they were like what the frack are you people trying to pull here so and uh, then now with Khatija Shah we don't know what they're going to produce because with every single person that they abducted and tortured if you remember they what they did to Azam Sawati and Azam Sawati is now in full revenge mode that the day he gets his hands on them God knows what's going to happen to them because what they did to him and his wife uh, illegal surveillance illegal wiretapping illegal recording of him and his wife in their private moments and then releasing the, that video now, as I as I keep on saying how and why is it that nobody questioned them how and why is it that nobody questioned the legality of what they did how could they dare openly claim that they actually illegally uh, recorded videos in his private of his private moments in his private abode with his family members so the fact that Maryam Nawaz so openly uh, boasted about it you know with disregard to the law the fact that she's openly boasting about the fact that she has used the establishment and the intelligence agencies to illegally videotape different people uh, different parliament members different senate members different judges um and different uh you know government uh, civil servants and diplomats why i mean how could she just openly talk about it in front of the press uh, and in her press conferences and why is it that nobody took notice and why is it that nobody challenged the legality of what she did and the fact that she's openly boasting about what she did that is something that has disturbed me for a very long time because this is something that she's been talking about since Imran Khan was actually Prime Minister and it really made me wonder why is it that nobody uh, arrested her and her people for the ultimate violation of privacy now on the other side uh, we have again I'll go back to Khatija Shah because my main problem here is 
that uh, we have had about two to three women now that have been uh, confirmed to have had bite marks all over their body. So that tells that that brings me to ask, what the frack were these men doing to them? I mean, what kind of sadist, perverse motherfuckers are these people? They should go have sex with their mothers and their sisters, really, because they can be, they, if they're so perverse, they should maybe just go and, you know, rape their mothers and sisters day in, day out. That would probably give them some more peace, rather than trying to experiment on other women by acting like dogs and cats. Um, the fact that they actually took liberties to this extent that you can see the sadistic pleasure that they're getting. I mean, if they, if they are, one is, one is raping somebody and one is actually getting perverse pleasure out of it in the sense that you are actually showing and displaying your sadistic, um, your sadistic perverse attitude you know so the that shows you don't know how the how high on drugs they must have been you know for one because that's again another thing you need to understand the history of uh Nawaz Sharif's party is that these people are actually always high on drugs or on or they're always you know uh consuming alcohol and they're never in their sober right minds and they are always as if as i said people who come from the worst of the worst of the socioeconomic strata of the society are those who are implanted in top positions in the police in the army in the establishment in uh, their political party so in in the bureaucratic machinery this is why the, the 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 country has gone to the dogs. I mean, I, if you if you want to challenge uh, me on what I'm saying regarding their history on how they treat women, then you know, if you would like, you could go back to that news of um, Samia Chaudhary, who was raped and then murdered, and she was a worker. Of Muslim League known by the way she was a worker of Nawaz Sharif's political party Muslim League and she was raped and then she was murdered and she was found with a Muslim League um, member a member of the Muslim League party, okay? And he was there with her in, in that closed room. So what does that tell you? You know, and similarly, Shabashif and Vashif are notorious for their affairs. Shabashif is notorious for getting married to many women and then using our tax money to give them a place to live. And then, you know, there is another case where in Faisalabad, this is again, you know, one of those old cases of their time. Uh, not too old, I guess, but, you know, you can go and check it. Um, in Faisalabad also, there is another, there was another incident where Nawaz Sharif's party, an MNA of his party, uh, Mia Muhammad Farooq, 
um, his three of his sons. This is the case that I keep on talking about where, you know, they gang raped. Three of his sons uh, gang raped um, a girl and she was a minor. And the and Varshif and Shabarshif personally went to the police and threatened them, uh, you know, stopping them from from actually putting up a case against his sons, right? And this is, you know, when this scandal sort of broke out and then Rana Samnala also came in the press conference and said it was mutual. So a minor actually decided to allow three grown men to gang rape her, seriously. So, I mean, this is something that has been going on with uh, Muslim League Noon's members. This is something that people have witnessed over and over and over again. So, you think that we would actually believe Rana Sanawla when he says that he never even knew that rapes were going on and that it just came into his notice? So, yeah, I guess Imran Khan really was right that the reason why Rana Sanala was forced to admit this in his press conference was because something had gone badly wrong. And the the fact that the journalists picked up on the fact that it was probably Khatija Shah because she was their latest victim. So something really had gone badly wrong with her. Now, remember, Khatija Shah is not just a Pakistani national. She's a Canadian national. The fact that the Canadian embassy did a very, very bad job of protecting its citizen begs the question that why would anybody want to immigrate to Canada? Why would anybody want a Canadian passport when you know that um, the Canadian government is not there to protect you? You might as well just keep your Pakistani passport at the end of the day because our Pakistani government is not there to protect us either. The only Pakistani government that ever took steps to protect its people abroad was Imran Khan's government, and that's a fact. But before him or after him, there has never been a government that has ever done anything for their people abroad. Um, and when people go for other passports, like the UK, Canada, the US, in their mind is this that, you know, we will have a government that will protect us. But the Canadian government has failed miserably to do that. The fact that their lawyer was so pathetic that he actually saw what was so obviously a forced confession by Khatija Shah, the fact that it was obvious to us, and he being a lawyer, it wasn't obvious to him, and that he just saw that she had read out a confession from a script in English, and he didn't question it, that why is it in English, first of all? Who makes a confession in English? Second of all, she is very well adept in Urdu, both in reading and writing. And she's confessing to a Pakistani police, according to you people. So a Pakistani institution, which is the Pakistani police, which is the Punjab police, why would she make a confession in English? Please tell me that. So if I was a lawyer, the that is the first thing I would ask. Why is the confession in English and not in your local language? Number two, okay, she may have been coerced to make that confession. I would still like to meet her because she is our citizen. I mean, it is as simple as that. 
but the fact that the lawyer did not even bother to ask any questions and he just surrendered and backed off backed off that to me is it it it's it reeks of conspiracy and complicity it means that the canadian embassy or the canadian government is complicit with whatever it is that the illegal government here is doing to its people calling it an internal matter yeah right i would really love to see one of your white caucasian canadian women go through that and i would like to see how you would deal with that so there is that and now um, the another announcement that imran khan has made which is actually more of an, a hilarious statement to maryam nawaz uh, because yeah it is true if uh, they have banned even taking the name of imran khan uh, on mainstream media and they have banned even showing his face or his speeches or anything pertaining to him so as he as he says and he's right then it means maryam nawaz would not would not be seen on tv either because her speech begins with imran khan and ends with imran khan the whole pdm the whole pdm from the moment they came they never talked about budget they never talked about crisis they never talked about inflation they never talked about the country they never talked about social issues they never talked about legal issues they never talked about the constitution they never talked about the election they, they never talked about anything that had anything to do with the state all they talked about was imran khan this imran khan that imran and all their failures they just shoved it on to imran khan and all the things that he did within those 3 years which they couldn't do for 40 years they tried to take credit for it right and they're still basically right now even all the things that imran khan had already begun before he was removed um those some of those projects that they are now completing they think the credit will go to them but it's not there to their credit because we all know that it was he who started those projects so height of hypocrisy height of shamelessness extremely pathetic that the whole agenda of pdm is imran khan it is so obvious the whole agenda of pdm is imran khan imran khan this imran khan that imran khan this imran khan that do you have any other thing to say apart from imran khan now this is something that all of us have already been talking about but the fact that imran khan himself has now said it makes it even more hilarious because this is something that the public has always been making fun of and for him to now openly also make fun of the fact that okay so it means uh the mainstream media is not going to get their ratings anymore because nobody's going to talk anything about imran khan anymore because imran khan's banned so yeah the first person who would disappear from mainstream media would be maryam nawaz because everything that she says is begins with imran khan and ends with imran khan the same is with ppp bilawal the same is with all the ministers right now sitting illegally in the parliament even though their term is over if you compare pakistan to turkey um turkey also had floods turkey also went through uh, uh, an army coup uh, turkey went through a lot of things from the year 2016 onwards but turkey still held the elections and not just held the elections but they held the elections one month before the the actual deadline or before the expected date so in pakistan they are deliberately creating all this so that they should not have the election so what exactly are they trying to say just say it openly that we're under a dictator dictatorship so that we know exactly where we stand or just say that you've sold us out to the us and we are now a colony just say it so that we know exactly where we stand businesses have closed down um 
there is no import-export because that was one of the first things that they destroyed as soon as they came. The, within 24 hours of his arrival, Shabazz Sharif emptied the treasury and uh, all the gifts that Imran Khan got that he auctioned in order to fill up the treasury. Now they're trying to look for different ways to again refill the treasury through that and that is why they're making bogus cases on him having sold gifts. This is on the record. This is on the record that he sold the gifts. He sold the gifts in front of the public. It was mentioned on the mainstream media as well as the other media that he was auctioning his gifts and that he had auctioned it for this much amount and that this much amount has been credited into the treasury. This is one man who has been emptying his pockets even when he entered the government in order to provide for the country. While these people, all they have done is just steal from us. They steal from us constantly, either through bills or through taxes or through miscellaneous or through, it doesn't matter. Um, they're always looking for a way to steal from us. And so uh, this government is basically here on the agenda to destroy the country. The agenda is very obvious. The whole world knows it. And that is why, that is why the world instead of declaring Pakistan as a dangerous state and withdrawing their uh, attaches and their withdrawing their embassies, they are actually still sitting. Now, why are they still sitting here, by the way? Why? The U.S. is one of those countries that the first thing that they ever do is always call Pakistan a dangerous country, even when it's not, if they have a problem with the government of Pakistan or any other country. And then they always try to look for ways to withdraw their attaches. Um, similarly, other countries, again, but yet the American Senate has been sending people to have secret meetings with Maryam Nawaz when she had no status, no capacity in the government. She wasn't even, you couldn't even call her the opposition because at that point, even in her own party, she had disputed status. The fact that it, it was so obvious that the American government was choosing Maryam Nawaz as their next pawn to be used as a fifth columnist or a traitor against Pakistan so that they could put her as the puppet head. Uh, and that time nobody had a problem. But now when the Australian High Commissioner decides to visit Imran Khan, now everybody's got a problem. So the, the double standards that is going on here, the fact that NAB did not uh, charge Maryam Nawaz and her people for uh, violence and for um, invasion of privacy and for terrorism and for murder, but they suddenly have a lot of cases to try against Imran Khan and uh, all his supporters. But you see, that's what you don't get. It doesn't matter who stays with Imran Khan or who doesn't, because nobody has ever voted for anybody else but Imran Khan. All the votes belong to Imran Khan, and that's a fact. The public does not care who is with Imran Khan or who is not with Imran Khan. The public does not have anybody in mind in PTI apart from Imran Khan. We don't care who is standing there for the tickets. We don't care who is in our area or our zone. We're not giving votes to that person. We're giving votes to Imran Khan. That's a fact. It is also a fact that Imran Khan really pissed us off with all the mistakes that he was making. And these mistakes that he made as a prime minister is what has led us to this point. Um, if you remember, I kept on saying that these people will come back. They will come back with full backing and with a vengeance. That is exactly what they're doing. 
he should have crushed them the way they are crushing him. Fact, he should have changed people in all the top strategic positions so that he could make sure that his work gets done. Fact, he should have dissolved the assembly in the first place and done another election. Fact, he shouldn't have even taken the government, uh, the premiership, when he didn't have two-thirds majority. Fact, these are all things that he knew himself would lead him to this point. But the fact that he, it was the youth that brought him here. It was our generation that brought him to where he was. And our generation was pissed off because he promised us that our generation would be in in the government, as in the young people would finally get to have a say and get to participate and be in the government. And the young people worked with him for 20 to 22 years to bring him to this point. Uh, and at the end of the day, what did he do? He went and got these old farts from these turncoats and these old farts from other political parties that came gravitated towards him simply because uh, they wanted the ticket and they were veteran politicians. But again, that's not, that's not why we voted for Imran Khan. That's what he doesn't get. He would have gotten even more votes and he would have had a, an even bigger landsliding victory than he already did if he had kept his original young blood. And now again, he's thinking, he's saying that he's bringing in young blood. Now, the young blood is ready to be with him, obviously. But again, our main problem is if he again decides to give the tickets to old veterans, then that would be the end of him. That was the end of him before. That's the reason why he was thrown out. And that is going to be the end of him again. Because we are here to remove those people from their positions. We're not here to allow those people to rule over us again. What's the point of fighting against those people for 22 years if we're at the end going to give them tickets and get them back into the assembly? So that's where our point is. And that is where that is why he lost our votes while he was uh, prime minister. But the reason he regained our votes again is because we want him to come with a full majority with a proper government so that he can do what it is that he needs to do. We want him to come as a leader, not as a politician. We, we voted for him because we wanted a leader, not a politician. So that is one thing that he needs to remember when he does come back, if he does come back. The public will always stand by him. They will always be with him because there is one thing in which there is no doubt. There is no doubt whatsoever. And that is, he is the most honest man and he is uncorruptible. And that is a fact. Um, he can be stupid, he can listen to the wrong people, he can make mistakes, that is something else. But he is an honest man and he's uncorruptible and he is somebody who has wasted his life for a nation that never deserved it. That is a fact. And the world knows it. The world also knows of his accomplishments, even though the mainstream media was bought out by the U.S. government and uh, using their minions, Nawaz Sharif and Zardari and all, even because of that. And even so, uh, still the world and those of us who do not listen to the mainstream media, we are aware of the fact of all the positivities that Imran Khan's government brought, despite the internal strife and the conflicts and despite the bureaucratic machine and the establishment 
trying to stop him at every step of the way, including including the Supreme Court, by the way. The Supreme Court was also fighting him every step of the way. And as I said, you know, what goes around comes around. That same Supreme Court that thought was above everybody and above everything right now, look at the way they're being discarded by the illegal government and by the establishment. And at the same time, the mainstream media that sold out and constantly criticized Imran Khan and never, ever um, properly showed his achievements or his government's achievements. Now they are being uh, silenced, censored, harassed, murdered, threatened by the same people that they sold out to. And that is what happens. That is really what happens. When you get into bed with a traitor or a backstabber, the next person he's going to stab is you. It's as simple as that. So um, right now, what we are really hoping for is that all the women, all the women, I'm sure it's more than 11 women, they need to be brought out. The uh, Human Rights Watch, the Amnesty, they are raising their voices, but not loud enough. Sorry to say, I don't see the, I don't see them effectively vocal on this issue of human rights. I don't see the governments uh, in the world uh, being vocal about these, this issue of how women are being treated. It's like the world is working with the government, which again proves our our point that there is a conspiracy by foreign states against Pakistan. The foreign states being mainly the UK and the US. And now I'm really beginning to wonder about Canada as well because of the way Canada has failed to protect its own citizen. Despite the fact that now the, the whole Pakistan is actually worried about the state of Khadija Shah and other women. And yet Canada is still mum. I haven't heard a peep from Canadian Embassy even now. Even now, even though we're all screaming about Khatija Shah and we're all screaming about the other women, and Imran Khan is also screaming about all the female supporters and voters of PTI, and he's constantly saying that they need to be released. Still, I do not see enough uh, measures or effective measures or vocalization by the Human Rights Watch or the Amnesty International or Canadian government or embassy or, you know, in, in the British Parliament, you find one or two MPs speaking up, but again, that's it. So I don't see, um, you. I mean, everybody's always tagging about Ukraine, stand for Ukraine, stand for Ukraine. So, okay, so here's your double standards. We should stand up for Ukraine, but we shouldn't stand up for Syria because that is being destroyed by the U.S. and Israel. We shouldn't stand up for Palestine because that is being destroyed by the U.S., U.K. and Israel. Now, we shouldn't stand for Kashmir because that is, again, you know, a, a target of the U.S. Uh, and Israel and obviously the U.K. that created this whole mess before they left. And now we shouldn't stand for Pakistan as well, isn't it? So, But we should all stand for Ukraine. Seriously? Fuck you. This is me signing out.